He continued, I have not lived alone these past five months. I have dwelt in the spirit of prayer, of supplication, of faith, and of determination. You are listening to Saints in the South. All right, everyone, this is season two, episode 99. 99. That's right. We're going to party like it's 1999. Right? <laughs> Actually, that's, you know, like 1900 more away from here. Yeah. So we'll get there. Well, hey, we are Saints in the South, representing Saints everywhere, and we are your source for gospel growth and good times. Y'all go ahead and hit those subscribe buttons on those platforms such as YouTube, uh, your podcast platforms, Spotify, Pandora, Google, Apple, all those good ones. All of them. That's right. Uh, And if you enjoy uh, listening uh, or watching, please take the opportunity and share this with your friends and family. We'd greatly appreciate it. This week, we are in sections 137 through 138, and the title is The Vision of the Redemption of the Dead. So, Uncle Andrew, what you got? So, uh, we're kind of actually backtracking to Kirtland Temple almost being finished. Yep. A few months before it was completely finished, January of 1836, Joseph Smith, there with the first prince, he went on kind of the upper level of the Kirtland Temple. Um, you know, that, it was kind of a little office area. Um, so they were up there. Joseph had his dad, Oliver Calgary was there. I believe Bishop Edward Partridge was, um, there also, but anyways, uh, they discuss, have a good time. And then this came about a great marvelous, um, vision, you know, of, uh, of what we'll learn today in section 137. Mm-hmm. So Very yeah, good. so right before the temple was built, you know that you got to remember, a lot of things were happening before that. Preparing Brother Joseph, you know, um, priesthood was already restored, and um, the temple was about to be dedicated, and all that fun stuff. And then a new um, revelation, or not revelation, new uh, new details. Right. Or, right. Um, very good. Yeah, so. Very good. Yep. So, uh, so this is this is where he has that. Uh, he had had questions. Um, I know previously about what would what would happen to his brother Alvin, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, I know early on in life, soon after Alvin had passed away, you know, one of the uh, one of the preachers, one of the local preachers, had told him that you know his Alvin would not be saved, you know, because he hadn't been baptized and and so forth. So. Uh, I think this this vision here provides a, a great comfort, uh, 137, to, mm-hmm. to Joseph uh, and everything. So. Yeah, so, so Joseph's mother, um, it was her minister in at the funeral, Joseph Smith Sr., Joseph's dad, was furious. Yeah. Was furious that the minister told his wife that. that, that, that yeah, I mean, they said, that, they said he was going to hell. Right. Yeah, Alvin the- was going to hell at the funeral. Yeah, at the funeral. And, um, that just, that just, I mean, he, he was furious. He's probably fighting mad, right? Ready? <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Because uh, um, even Joe Smith Jr., he really looked up to Alvin. He actually said Alvin was probably one of the, probably the most noblest brother. I mean, he, yeah. he was just a really great guy, you know, and, um, and for a, a preacher to say that, they just didn't. That's not very comforting in a time when you need comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not- but that was that was 
that was kind of the way of thinking then also, you know, yeah. now with the knowledge and more light we have now, it's like, Ugh. but that was kind of, but Joe Smith senior was a smart guy. He was kind of preparing his son, mm-hmm. right. you know, um, to, well, uh, this is one of the reasons Joseph Smith senior didn't go to any churches, right. you know, partly he, you know, he thought, I mean, in a way, rightly so at the time, because he didn't, he couldn't feel that he believed in the new Testament. He believed in the Bible. Old Testament, you say they read it religiously with the family. Uh, I think he was looking for that, just like a lot of them back then were looking for that New Testament church, you know, that how it was set up when Jesus was there. And he just didn't get he didn't get that from what he saw. Right. Uh, mostly, you know, and so that's why he, he really didn't. And I'm sure that didn't help. Yeah, that the exa- that's exactly what I was all. thinking. So. Yep. Um, well, any uh, any of the verses in, in 137 uh, jump out to y'all at all or. I just think I think it's cool how um, how Joseph uh, how not only does he see Alvin right in the spirit he also sees his parents there as well but yeah. his parents were still living yeah uh, and everything so. I, I like the uh, order of people that he says I see Adam Abraham and my father and my mother and my brother Adam I'm Adam Alvin uh, I just thought it was interesting you know they're they're standing there with some some great some greats you know um, with Adam and Abraham standing there and um, I think for, for Joseph, if you think about it, that's the beginning to the, to the end for him, you know, of his timeline, right. Uh, for us, if, you know, you go back to Joseph's time, that's a long time ago for us from there till now, but for Joseph, it was from Adam till then. So he saw the people from Adam all the way up to the people that were current in his life. So that was the entirety of the world for him. That's right. And so I I think, I think that's interesting, you know, why he mentioned those people. Right, you know Abraham or Adam, obviously first, and then Abraham, and of course right on up. So I thought it was interesting. And uh, Andrew had mentioned uh, just a bit ago about how the, the kind of the current thinking at the time, or or a, a popular thinking, was that you know all those who weren't saved or baptized that you know their destination was hell. But here we were introduced to the uh, uh, I say not introduced, but kind of as far as at the time. Verse seven, thus came the voice of the Lord unto me saying, all who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, who would have, who would have received it if they had been permitted to tarry shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. And then he goes on and kind of explains that a little more. uh, Yeah. You know, at the time, as we mentioned at the time, most, most churches didn't believe that at all. If you died without the gospel, you died without baptism. What do they say about, you know, Alvin, he's going to hell. You're going to hell if you don't. And so for this to come about, it really perplexed Joseph because we got to remember this is before, uh, he received, or, you know, had doctrine covenants, you know, uh, what was it? One thirty. I mean, obviously we're in 137, but before, um, 76. Yeah. About the baptisms for the dead and things. Oh oh, yeah. He he hadn't learned that stuff is what I'm getting to. Um, so he hadn't learned those things yet. And so for him to see that it really perplexed him because he thought, well, this, isn't the generalized idea of what I've grown up with, nor have we had any instruction on how that happens, but it's there and I see it. And that's a comfort, you know, that's, that's a good thing. So, but yeah, this is before he received any instruction on baptism for the dead or anything. And it just goes to show that all those things are in place already for the Lord. But for us, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. I think that's interesting. Also, as you see that, you know, it's one of the things that stood out to me. Well, very good. Well, uh, moving on 80 years 
uh, 80, in time. 80 years later. Yeah, yeah. However long it was. 1918. Uh, this, this, uh, 138, uh, given on October 4th, uh, 1918. Um, but the, the cool thing about, about this, uh, section here is as we'll learn that there were a, a lot of things that led to, and I think this is really common, uh, for, for revelation. And really an example for us is that, we shouldn't expect just to receive revelation on the spot, right? right? It takes a lot of time, a lot of investment in in receiving personal uh, revelation. And so we'll see that uh, that, that took place here with Joseph uh, F. Smith. Um, <clears throat> but to, to provide uh, a little, little more context, um, we got some information on Sousa Young Gates. Y'all know who that is? Sousa Young Gates. I don't. Daughter of Brigham Young, uh, okay. the great Brigham Young and everything. And so I'll just try and kind of uh, uh, touch on some highlights here. But uh, Sousa Young and Joseph F. Smith, they were they were friends uh, kind of growing up and everything. Okay. Um, and uh, she's she spent a lot of time over at the Smith's home and and uh, and kind of vice versa and so forth. But uh but she was a she was a big big proponent in uh, in family history work and and not only family history work but just women's work in general. You know the church has been accused uh, a lot of being a heavy patriarchal uh, type religion and church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not really including the the women and and so forth. But Susan Gates she was she was going to women conferences overseas and stuff back in back in her day. So it says, uh, Sousa could hardly have done any more than she went on to do for the cause of family history and temple work. Uh, she wrote countless newspaper and magazine articles, taught class after class, and took the message on the road to many stakes and wards. She visited genealogical libraries in the eastern United States and England and corresponded with gene- genealogists from many other countries, seeking greater knowledge and expertise. She served on the general board of the Relief Society, uh, where she succeeded in having lessons on genealogy uh, incorporated into the into curriculum. She published a 600-page reference book on surnames and contributed frequently to a new magazine devoted to genealogical research. With all this effort, she also found time to serve for decades as a temple ordinance worker. Susan's work was integral to the establishment of family history as a focus for Latter-day Saints. Wow. Uh, so she was a huge uh, advocate for family history work. Um, a couple other things. Uh, says that despite the accomplishment, Sousa often felt that she was waging an uphill battle. She believed that too many Latter-day Saints exhibited a very general indifference toward genealogy and temple work. It's kind of something that kind of continues today. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> still there. before. That's right. Uh, she says, not even an angel from heaven could induce some of these club women <laughs> and these successful businessmen to set aside a portion of their time for temple work. Wow. She wrote to a friend. Wow. So she was, she was, she was committed uh, to, uh, to. I'd venture to say she's got the same attitude today, probably. I mean, as far as like just looking down on the, the world and saying, man, I mean, I'm sure that, she sees that, that. That's right. It has definitely lit up and i think there is a more of a fire there now for for genealogy and things but uh right i sometimes see that there's more outside the church i see almost more activity from other people that aren't even members of the church more yeah, this, than we do in our own church and and you know and, and I so, if we take it for granted yeah i, I think, think so, so. I, we take it for granted and I, we count on that 
Well, we those other two guys or girls yeah, to yeah, do, we, to well, do all the work. Everybody and, else I'm, doing it. and I'm going to tell you something. At least sometimes the mindset that I have is it's going to get done. <laughs> you know, we got the millennium. We got and and that's it's the wrong attitude. Right. It's the wrong attitude. It's not the right way to do it. But I do take comfort in that, knowing that it is going to get done. Right. But by who? It's got to be done by me. You know, it's got to be done by us. And, and so it's easy to get caught up in that, knowing that there's a plan. Everything's going to happen. And so it's easy sometimes to push that stuff off to the side, you know, but uh, that's not the right attitude to have because we're the ones that have to get it done. Right. So. And one, uh, one last bit of information with, uh, with Susie Young Gates here. So the, uh, with this revelation one thirty eight, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I think his goal, President Smith's goal was to be able to share this at general conference, which he ended up not being able to do. It ended, ended up being, being published. So before, before this went to the church and to the world, President Smith shared this document with, uh, with, with, with Susie Young, uh, Susie Young Gates huh. and, uh, in the, in, in his home and let, and let her read it. Uh, and let me share with you real quick what she, uh, her, her thoughts it says as the, so what happened was the, uh, Sousa and her husband were invited over to the Smith's home and, you know, president Smith, he's in bad health and so forth. So it says, uh, as the gates is visited with members of the Smith family, president Smith summoned Sousa to come into his room. Uh, she says, I comforted him all I, I'll, all I could in his severe illness. He told her, you are doing a great work greater than you know anything about. <coughs> After a few minutes, President Smith and Sousa were joined by Jacob and Julina and others, uh, presumably the Smith family members. And President Smith gave Sousa a paper to read. It was a transcript of the account of his vision. Hmm. How blessed, oh, how blessed I am to have the privilege, Sousa wrote in her, in her journal that night, to be permitted to read a revelation before it was made public, to know the heavens are still open. Susan's description of the vision highlighted this aspect she found most compelling in it. He, he tells of his view of eternity, the savior, when he visited the spirits in prison, how his servants ministered to them. He saw the prophet and all his associate brethren laboring in the prison houses, mother Eve and her, and her noble daughters engaged in the same holy cause. Long an advocate for women's causes, Sousa rejoiced at the specific mention of women in the revelation, grateful to have Eve and her daughters remembered. And she rejoiced in the revelation's affirmation of the work on behalf of the dead. Above all, she wrote, to have this given at a time when our temple work and workers and our genealogy need such encouragement. No words of mine can express my joy and gratitude. Think of the impetus this revelation will give to temple work throughout the church. She later wrote to a friend. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool to be able to actually read a revelation that's about to be published to the world, uh, right. you know, into the church specifically and so forth. So it just kind of goes to show you how, how close he and, and Sousa were. And, and the, the, the impetus that that gives uh, us today. I mean, that section still gives that to us. Right. Um, I mean, cause I read it when I read it, I remember reading that in the temple, like, you know, how you wait, uh, before you go in to do endowments or, or you know, whatever, and, and you wait in between there and they have the, the, um, scriptures there that you can read. And I remember opening it up, this has been 10 or 12 years ago, but I remember opening it up and, and reading that section and, and thinking, obviously, number one, it's, uh, it's a little more modern. It's 1918, modern you know over 100 years ago still but 
but it, at the time, you know, it's, it's a little more modern. So you think of it as, you know, not just, I don't know why in my mind I have those Joseph Smith times and then everything else. That's the way it feels to me sometimes in the church. The, the church history to me is Joseph Smith, Brigham Young time. And then now us, that's what it kind of feels like. Right. You forget about the middle, you know, the, you know, all those uh, Heber J. Grant type era and stuff like that. But, um, you know, but you have this, this revelation this vision that was given and it's such a clear uh vision like it, it it's so easy to transport into that vision because there's so much detail i guess is what i'm getting to even section 76 as we talked about before there's a lot of detail there too um but this one for some reason really feels like i could be standing there with him like seeing exactly because he explained it so well i don't know what it is about it but it's such a clear vision and the other thing is, is the reason that these two visions, when we talk about 76, which 76, as we keep referencing, talks about the kingdoms, you know, talks about the celestial, terrestrial, and terrestrial kingdoms. And this one, this section, 138, talks about the spirit world. So that's the missing link between our world and those kingdoms is this. And so it's almost like now you have a complete. Provides that bridge. Understanding. Yeah, exactly. Right. Of, of what we're where we're going, what's going to happen, you know? And so it's very, very, very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, prob probably one of my favorite sections of Dr. Conan's 138. I would, I would have to say. Absolutely. And how we can liken it to our day today, yeah. you know? So, so president Joseph S Smith was a tough soldier. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. this is 1918. So let's backtrack. Let's put on some socks. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, let's go back to 1918. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, you might be wearing one sock because it's pretty tough uh, during the ni 1918 is when the great war happened which we know it as right. uh, world war one a lot of people are dying um on top of that the spanish influenza a big pandemic um was happening worldwide and the month that this was revealed was the deadliest month in U.S. history. I think over 195,000 people wow. died in the United States. And so President this, this was on President Joseph F. Smith's mind. He lost 11 kids. He was five years old, five years old, a little boy who loved his dad, Hiram. You know, Hiram Smith is, was his dad, and Joseph Smith was his uncle. Um, he was five years old when – Joe Smith, the prophet and his daddy died. Um, his wow. mom died years later, um, lost two wives, 11 kids lost. Um, he, he his, lost 11 kids, lost 11 wow. children. Wow. So, and then yeah. his son who was becoming a great leader in the church died suddenly. I think his name was Hiram. Don't quote me on that. But I think his name was, I think that, I'm pretty I, sure. I think I'm pretty confident. Hiram but, was, yeah. He, he passed away. But it was it was subtly what like it was um, was he not he had like an eruption of um, wasn't he also an apostle he was I, I believe so was. yeah so Hiram he was becoming, and Joseph Fielding Smith were both apostles at the time when Joseph F Smith received this revelation so I think you, no no you say no 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 he he passed away he passed away no, he had already passed he had away died. yeah he so died. he already experienced that loss oh, okay okay yeah. I got you I got you yeah, and so then he, this came about yeah, he, however though I think they were both apostles though beforehand because i remember reading it he was a prominent leader yeah and his son his uh just died suddenly so suddenly. so president joseph exactly so president joseph f smith experienced sorrow experienced not only in his personal life 
He saw it as a prophet worldwide. He saw it in his own country. He saw it globally. He was, um, you know, with this great war happening and the Spanish influenza, all this and that. It was weighing heavily on his mind. And he was prepared more than, I mean, I can even imagine just all these events that has happened and is happening at the time in his life and um, how humble he was to, to receive this revelation and we can liken we can somewhat liken that today with the pandemic that's happened in our lives with the COVID-19 in a sense that the Lord hasn't forgot us you know we have to you know the Lord didn't forget the people then and with this revelation right happening and um that that we could find comfort and joy through the gospel of Jesus Christ be easier said than done sometimes i'm just saying that like it's like like it's nothing but 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 we could find that joy that's right that's Um, right if we listen to the modern day prophet president nelson finding joy in what he says and find those little um well having the spirit yeah well i don't i don't think death for anybody that has death cinnamon close no matter how much how strong your testimony is how strong you are on the gospel, it's always going to be extremely hard. And Joseph Smith or Joseph, President Smith, uh, kind of what well, he does uh, is exemplify this in that he said after his son, Hiram Smith, uh, passed away, he said, my soul is rent, my heart is broken, oh God, help me. Mm-hmm. And this is the prophet yeah. speaking speaking that way. So He was tough. A t- uh, no, I'd like to say a tough old soldier. You know, he just... He marched on and, uh, and, um, I mean, just, and just, just, just think what he was going through as a person living during that time. Anybody any, put, put yourself in 1918 with the Spanish influenza. What's this virus happening? Killing everybody. Right. I'm now a great war. What's happening right. to, is, is, is the savior coming tomorrow? You know, right. and, right. um, and this revelation, how comforting it was to the saints and to the world to the world and and for us today you know so uh you know how for me i could go to the scriptures and find comfort and joy but also i need to remember i could go to my modern day prophet today and find comfort and joy. yeah right, right. um easier said done we, we have we have many that. we need that because there, there's there's people that. who who disagree today you know yeah. and um mm-hmm. and and easier said than done i mean i you have to you have to really uh have that desire to have the spirit and listen right. so uh i thought it was interesting as well that uh you know we had mentioned that he didn't share this revelation in conference uh, but shortly after he did however he did end up speaking in conference actually made a surprise visit they were not expecting president smith to speak at this particular conference but but he ended up uh, gaining the strength to do so. And in some of the things that, that he shared, he says, I will not, I dare not attempt to enter upon many things that are resting upon my mind this morning, he said, and I shall postpone until some future time, the Lord's being willing, my attempt to tell you some of the things that are in my mind and that dwell in my heart. <laughs> wow. He continued, I have not lived alone these past five months. I have dwelt in the spirit of prayer, of supplication, of faith, and of determination. 
Speaking of your tough of your toughness yeah. there. And I have had my communication with the spirit of the Lord continuously. So he's, he, I, I love this part where he says, I have not lived alone these past five months. Yeah. You know, um, he's, he, he's close to the spirit. He has been primed and he's dove into the scriptures. You know, he says that he was studying what in first Peter, yeah. right. Where the spirit of those that pondering. are dead pondering. Exactly. So he's heavily invested in trying to understand and seek comfort from God. And then that's, and that's where we all receive this blessing of this, of, of section 138 because of his personal spiritual investment there. Yeah. Yeah. He, and, um, and after it was less than two months later, he passed away. Yeah. I was exactly. going to say he was himself yeah, he was, close to yeah, death. Death so, was close to him too. Yeah. I so, mean, so, so death all around, he was surrounded by death, but having said that he was surrounded, as you said, by the spirit of the Lord. I mean, you know, it, yeah, very, 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 very cool stuff. So were there any, uh, any of the scriptures that y'all wanted to share? Man, all of them. Uh, oh, yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this one, yeah, I mean, th this one, this one to me, this one stands out big time. I mean, just to start it off. So he's sitting there in his room and he's pondering the scriptures, right? I love this because this is a man where you go prophet of the Lord. Number one, number two, he's about to die. Let's just, you know, we're not far from, I'm sure he knows this. I mean, you know, hey, you, you just probably know. I don't, I don't feel yeah, that way. I mean, his, glad, health, his health was really Yeah. Bad. I mean, he, he knows he's on death's door, I'm sure. And, and so, but here's this man still, he's going to be pondering over the scriptures. He's reading the scriptures. He's pondering the scriptures. He's reflecting. You, exactly. Powerful you think, verbs. In other words, I guess what I, what I get from this and what I glean from this is that there's no time to rest. We don't merit any time to rest here. Right. I mean, it, it you know, and, and taking into context what I'm saying, but, but I don't mean to run faster than you're able and all these kind of things. But what I'm getting to is, is the basics are always there. We should always be reading our scriptures. We should be, you know, whatever we can do. And, and he's doing that, you know, he's, he's, you know, that, that to toughness, you know, to the end, enduring to the end. To the end right. But uh, that's what he's doing. He's sitting there, he's thinking about the scriptures and he's thinking about the, the atoning sacrifice of the son of God. So it wasn't that he went to necessarily saw first Peter and he starts reading that it, it could have just been where he was reflecting through the scriptures. And then it brought him brought to first him Peter uh, about that. Uh, because, I actually think that's the way he described it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that he, he didn't necessarily go and really start just studying that particular yeah. topic, but he said he was kind of led, led to that. Which yeah, is, well, that's which, true. In which, verse, which is how pondering works. Yeah, in verse five, he says, "While I was thus engaged, he says, right. my mind reverted to the writings of the Apostle Peter." Yeah. Yeah, so he, he went to that. He was more thinking of how many people have died and how many people have not accepted the gospel yet, and even those that were preached the gospel, some didn't accept. Um, which also gives me comfort to know uh, that when we try with our friends and family to share the gospel, we got to remember sometimes that even there was even people that didn't accept it from Jesus Christ himself, you know, right. I mean, when he was on the earth and so don't beat ourselves up too bad. If we feel like we're failing there, we're not. Um, um, so, you know, he, of course that leads into him talking about the spirit world and how Peter uh, went to, or how Jesus went to the spirit world and preached to the spirits there in the spirit prison. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of things. There's the spirit world, which is, it talks about that. It talks about spirit prison. Like, what is and this? let's don't, you know, and, and let's and let's not get confused of the pre mortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, a whole nother thing. But, that's but, this is something people else. call that 
Some, 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 I mean, I say people, I mean, yeah, that would be before we live, yeah, before, before, before two different places. mortality. And now this is after two mortality, yeah, two different yeah, before two mortality different. and after mortality. Yeah. So this is after mortality. We're talking about, this is where we go after we die. Right. And this is what happens after we die. Yeah. yeah. When he talks about, uh, I was like, what in the world? So, and this is something that just, just kind of just hit me this to, to me and y'all can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong or if I'm going in the wrong direction. So this is the last section of, of, uh, of the doctrine covenants, right? Yes. So this is, this is the end of, of, of the restored doctrines. Right. And so forth right. of, you know, we've got some official declarations, right. but those that's, that's based on principles. Yes. So your policy changes and so forth. Um, but this is almost as if, the Lord is tying a little bow on, yeah. on, on, on everything. Like a bookend. It, it really, it really does on all the, on, on the restored, the restoration of the, of, of these revelations and uh, uh, principles and ordinances, you know, and, and how salvation of man is yeah. to come about. Yeah. As far um, as the plan of salvation goes, we've pretty much, the doctrine covenants pretty much covers just about everything and when i say that of course not every little detail but no but it I mean, touches but, on but all of with, it with the combination of the book of mormon the and doctrine Co- i mean right. the, uh new and old testament and everything That's true. uh this is kind of the the last little bit that fills in that gap of this with yeah. the spirit world and how all that is that set is up true and takes place that is so true so because that's where we're we're going to wind up you know we're going to wind up there and then from there it's uh yeah. be judged according accordingly but but uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a lot going on here. I mean, you can go into the uh, you know when we speak of the spirit world and things like that. Uh, that comes from First Peter, you know, talking about spirit world and how Christ went there. The thing, one of the things I like is this. So, how did it happen? You know, did Christ go to the spirit world prison side or did he not go? And so we get that answer in one thirty eight. In verse eight, it says, and he, by which also, and this is in first Peter chapter three, by the way, it says, by which also he went and preached into the spirits in prison, talking about Jesus Christ. Now that sounds pretty straightforward. Like, okay, Jesus went into the spirits of the prison and he preached. That's what it says. Well, we get more understanding because of this section in, um, in verse 13 and who had offered, so he's talking to these people to gather together. There was a number of an innumerable company of spirits of the just. This is where the Lord went to. He went in to this part of the spirit world where there's a lot of just and righteous people, not just, just, just and righteous people, but these people were ready for resurrection. That's where these people were already. Um, so they had a faithful testimony. These were the saints that it speaks of in Matthew chapter 27, after Jesus Christ was resurrected, many of those that were right after his, he was the very first to be resurrected right after him. There was many of the saints that burst out of their graves right. and, and came forth. These are those people. Uh, I don't know if people's, you know, that's a pretty good, cool thing to correlate those two things together, but that's these people that's, these are, you know, this is Adam and Abraham and anybody great that you can think of, you know, uh, are in this company. And so Jesus is there with them. And it says in verse 13, and who had offered sacrifice in the similitude. This is what these people have done. They've offered sacrifice in the similitude of the great sacrifice of the son of God and had suffered tribulation in their redeemer's name. So when Peter says that Jesus Christ went to the spirit prison, 
and preached. In essence, he did because these were the people that went there. Jesus Christ himself did not go there, right? but these people did go there. And these people are in the exact similitude of Jesus Christ because they're righteous. They're just, they received their bodies. Now they're going into the spirit world and they're going to preach. And so I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, thing there. So when Peter says it, he's not wrong. It's just, we got to know exactly what he's talking about, you know, representatives. And just like today, people that go out and they serve missions, they represent the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what they're doing. They're representing. And so was Jesus Christ in the spirit prison? Yes, to a degree he was because he commissioned those for people all, to go. Intents and purposes, he was right. There. And so, and, and the reason he couldn't go there, it does say that also he couldn't go because of the rebellion. He couldn't go because of the, 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 I don't know how you want to call it, but, uh, the, the, just the bad spirits that were there, he couldn't be there in their presence, you know? And, uh, but these people that he commissioned could go there and start bridging those gaps for those that wanted to repent and those that wanted to learn and and accept the gospel. And, uh, on his behalf, it's just, it's, it's the same thing with, uh, with, with Moses and Elias and right. Elijah appearing to, exactly. to Joseph, uh, Peter, James, and John, John the Baptist. Jesus could have done all that himself, right? Yeah. But 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 he sends, but he's he sends got his people. representatives. That's right. And it's and it's the same. It's the same. So yeah. I just thought that was interesting. You know, they he couldn't go there where they were the rebellious and yep. people that rejected Jesus, basically. He he couldn't go there. That that was their choice. And so very know. good. Very good. Uh Anything else? I, I will yeah. say this. I remember one time when I was a, an elder school president, uh, there was a little uh, thing that happened. We were talking about these things. It might have been this section. I don't remember. It's been years ago. But uh, one of the people, one of the elders there in class, uh, upstanding person, still very active, great person. But he had the question, and he, I don't want to say took offense, Cause that's a choice if he made or not, I, I couldn't tell. It's not like he ever held a grudge against me or anything, but I'd mentioned the spirit prison and I'd mentioned about how there is a spirit prison and that those people that go to the spirit prison aren't just evil people. There's so to me, there's degrees of a spirit prison. also levels. There's people that are evil and there's also people that just didn't know about the gospel. Those people are also in a prison type setting because they're not set free yet with the truth and so when i said that he just really struck him as like no way there those people aren't in prison i said well the word prison is a very tough loose term you know it encompasses a lot here you know when you go to a prison today on earth you can go to maximum security these are the worst of the worst and you can go to the one where the guys are in the library working you know, these guys aren't, you know, they might've done some things that they shouldn't have done, or maybe didn't have opportunities they should have had or whatever, whatever it is. And this may not be a great analogy because it doesn't mean that these people are bad that go to the spirit prison. Um, because these people just don't have the gospel yet. And what that means is they're locked. They don't have any way to get across because they don't have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of his, his gospel restored. And so eventually they will be able to get out and go over to the, what we call the paradise part of, the spirit world where they will begin participating in the missionary exactly and sharing and so forth. exactly and so as we talk about all these things as, as we stated earlier as andrew said this is not we're not talking about before we came to earth and we're not talking about the kingdoms of heaven after we die we're talking about the spirit world which is in between all those things right. so this is not you know when you get to the paradise part of the spirit world does not mean you're in 
quote unquote heaven. In other words, you're not living with heavenly father at that point. You're just in a good part of the spirit world and with righteous people and waiting judgment and waiting to receive your glory. But yeah, there's, there's a lot here, man. There's the, you know, it goes into a lot of things and yeah, well, it's a comfort to me. I know all yeah. of us here have lost somebody close and it's a comfort to me to see this and know that that's where my person is, you know, whoever that is, that's where they are. And it's like, that's a really right. cool thing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Uh, episode 99 in the books, 99, be sure and study your scriptures. Be sure and share this if you can. And until next time y'all keep on striving. Mm-hmm.